Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Few people in our nation's history have been more challenged or found a time more challenging or difficult than the time we're in now. Once in a century virus that silently stalks the country. So the speech we heard from Biden on Wednesday was not really a policy speech full of details about what he's going to do. This is our historic moment of crisis and challenge. And unity is the path forward. It was more of a sweeping call for unity and people to work together to tackle the pandemic. And we must meet this moment as the United States of America. As he has been in recent speeches, really stressed how bad things are. It's taken as many lives in one year as America lost in all of World War II. And how tough the road is ahead, but called for people, whether they voted for him or supported him or not, to come together to address this problem that will make or break his presidency. If we do that, I guarantee you we will not fail. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Alice Miranda Olstein on the new president in the same old pandemic. So right now we are in the most deadly and severe phase of the pandemic to date. The U.S. coronavirus death toll has now topped 400,000 just one day before a new administration is set to take office. This week we crossed 400,000 deaths and we have tens of millions of cases. Health experts warn we could hit half a million deaths sometime in February. Hospitals are stretched to the breaking point. Contact tracers have all but given up in a lot of places just because uh, cases are so prevalent they can't call everybody. And distressingly, we also have a new variant of the virus that is more contagious. Some disturbing COVID news from researchers at Ohio State today. A new strain of the virus discovered here in America. And so with all of this converging as Biden takes office, there is just going to be an overwhelming focus on the pandemic above everything else. Do you think a new president has ever taken office during as great of a crisis as Biden is facing right now? So... That's been a a hotly debated topic recently, and I would say that the pandemic is a a once-in-a-century public health crisis. Um, We have not had a new president come into office with those specific circumstances, and this is really going to define how people view whether Biden is successful or not as a leader. Please listen to your public health experts instead of denigrating them. Do your job, Mr. President, because if we can't deal with the public health crisis, we can't deal with the economic crisis. So when he was campaigning, the overriding theme was that Donald Trump is failing to contain the pandemic and I know what to do. I will listen to the scientists. I will turn things around. And so now it's really time for him to deliver on those promises. So how does he plan to do that? Like, what's the policy behind the words here? Sure. So while we didn't get a lot of policy details on the pandemic in the inauguration speech, we have gotten them in recent days. So President Biden will 
In his first 100 days, he set a goal of 100 million shots in the first 100 days. And they're on their way to meeting that goal. Dr. Fauci and others have said, you know, this is feasible, even though the rollout of the vaccine has been slow and rocky and uneven and plagued with problems. The president-elect has put together a plan, looking at the plan and discussing it with the team I feel that this is an eminently doable goal. The Biden administration is modeling a lot of their response on how now Chief of Staff Ron Klain tackled the Ebola crisis. And there's two key aspects that they are modeling off of that that we're going to see very soon. One is setting up a task force within the White House that reports directly to the president that will manage the pandemic across the federal government and liaising with states. And they feel that that is a much better model than the one the Trump administration had, led by Mike Pence. Well, good afternoon and to our, our fellow Americans out west. Good morning. We just completed today's uh, meeting of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, and I'm pleased. They really feel that managing the pandemic is a full-time job and you can't do it if you already have a full-time job like vice president or HHS secretary. So that's a key piece. Another is that Biden moved immediately on Wednesday to rejoin the World Health Organization that Trump tried to withdraw from. They've also said that they will implement mask mandates in all of the spaces that the federal government controls and require them for federal employees and contractors and require them on federal lands and federal buildings and on interstate transportation. This is also as they're going to be, you know, calling on people to unite behind a mask mandate, even in states that don't require them. So you're going to see all of this. You're going to see Biden pushing Congress to swiftly pass this 1.9 trillion bill he's proposed to tackle the pandemic and the economic harm it has caused. The consensus among leading economists is we simply cannot afford not to do what I'm proposing. We will strengthen our economy, reduce inequity, and put our nation's long-term finances on the most sustainable course. That's going to be tough. Congress is juggling impeachment and confirming his cabinet and other things. And a lot of Republicans are opposed to that level of spending. And you are also just going to see a complete change in tone. And we have already. To heal, we must remember. It's hard sometimes to remember. But that's how we heal. The event Tuesday night where Biden held sort of a memorial for those who have died from COVID, we haven't seen anything like that from the Trump administration. That's why we're here today. Between sundown and dusk, let us shine the lights in the darkness along the sacred pool of reflection. Remember all whom we lost. I want to talk more about the vaccine rollout because I feel like we're at the point right now where you and I can like kind of have a conversation about whether, say, like our parents have gotten a vaccination or are signed up. And sorry that I'm dating you here, mom and dad. But I mean, what do you think it's going to take to get to that point where you and I can have a conversation about whether we've gotten a vaccine, about, you know, people who who aren't first responders who aren't, you know, over the age of 65, where everyday Americans across the country are 
trying to sign up and might be able to get access to shots. Yeah, so it's it's a little hard to tell at this point because some states are moving forward right now vaccinating, you know, anyone over 65, other states are only vaccinating people over 75, other states are still trying to get through their healthcare workforce and people in nursing homes. It's really uneven across the country. And so Biden has pledged a lot more federal support for states and a lot more federal guidance and communication rather than the Trump administration's attitude of, you know, we develop the vaccine and we ship it out to you. And after that, it's your problem, governors. Um, so, you know, we're all hopeful that the pace of vaccinations will ramp up right now. It's uh, dangerously slow to the point where, you know, it would take years to get everyone in the country vaccinated. Um, but it is moving forward, you know, and when it comes to you and me, I don't exactly know. We're all we're all waiting to find out. Do you think these changes that Biden is trying to make that he said he would make to the federal government's approach to vaccines? Like, is it going to make that difference that everybody is hoping for? Because I feel like, you know, it was like a super hopeful moment when we found out that the vaccines were effective. And then when we saw people getting their first shots and then it's just sort of like turned into this, I don't know, weird purgatory type state where everybody's like knows that vaccines are out there, but we're not getting it. Like, can Biden instigate some sort of change that's really going to change the nation's course with vaccinations? I think they are going to have an impact on two key pieces of this. Right now, we don't have enough sites where people can get vaccinated and we don't have enough people doing the vaccinations. So they've pledged federal support to set up vaccination sites and set them up in places that aren't hospitals and pharmacies. And that's really important because a lot of lower income communities of color don't have a hospital or pharmacy nearby. Um, and so, you know, you need to set up vaccination sites at schools, at churches, at community centers, sports stadiums. And they're also moving to expand who can be giving those vaccinations and to train more people to do that. You know, you don't necessarily need a medical degree to give a vaccine. Lots of people who have different health conditions give themselves injections every day. So I think that those pieces will make a big difference. They are also attempting to address fairly widespread vaccine hesitancy by mounting a more than $1 billion public ad campaign to have different messages targeted at different communities to really encourage people to get vaccinated, to assure them that this vaccine is trustworthy, that it was not developed with political motivations, that it you know will protect them. Um, and I think experts are hopeful that all of those pieces will make a difference, even though there will be many problems ahead. Alice Miranda Olstein, thanks so much for talking with me. Absolutely. Also today, Democrats are now officially in charge of the Senate, following the swearing-in of Senators John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock of Georgia and Alex Padilla of California by Vice President Kamala Harris. The power shift made several pieces of history, with Chuck Schumer becoming the first Jewish majority leader in the Senate, Warnock and Ossoff being the first black and Jewish senators respectively to represent Georgia, and Padilla, who's replacing Harris in the Senate, becoming the first Latino to represent California in the Senate. This also marks the first time in six years that Democrats have held the Senate majority, meaning the party has full control of Washington 
for the first time in a decade. And Wall Street seems to like the looks of the new administration. On Wednesday, as President Biden was sworn into office, stocks rallied to record highs. This comes amid hope that Biden's White House could mean more stimulus for an economy that continues to be pummeled by the coronavirus pandemic, the president's calling for a nearly $2 trillion COVID relief plan that would include more direct payments to Americans, increased unemployment benefits, more aid for state and local governments, and billions more in funding for coronavirus testing and vaccinations. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, check out some of our other shows like Politico Energy, Nerdcast, Global Translations, and Pulse Check. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Tara Palmieri, and as Joe Biden transitions back into the White House, I'm part of the brand new team leading a new Politico playbook for a new era. Along with my colleagues Ryan Lizza, Rachel Bade, and Eugene Daniels, we'll bring you the obsessive insider scoops about politics and people in power. We'll be your daily unofficial guide to official Washington. We know Playbook is the first thing that hundreds of thousands of you read every morning, and we'll give you an efficient tip sheet to start your day on what you need to read and who you need to watch. Subscribe at politico.com slash playbook and tune into our audio briefing every weekday morning, wherever you get your podcasts.